Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. I was asked this yesterday by their media. Is it different because it might be the last seat? I don't think I don't think so. I mean, I, I just think we... All these games down the stretch, you you kind of felt like you were playing in these type of games to secure your seating and improve your seating. And now you, you get into the first round. Uh, there's that sense of urgency because there isn't a best of five or a best of seven. You can't, you know, have a a bad day and and bounce back and 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 take you know another one at home and and get one on the road. It doesn't work like that. So you know, it's handling the week the right way. Uh, his preparation is the same. Uh, as it always is, very thorough and detailed. So to to answer your question, I think it's very similar than as it was back in 06, 09, 10, 11, 13, 17, 18, 19, 20. Eastern Illinois' finest right there, Sean Payton, the Saints head coach. Uh, look at him break down the years of Saints playoffs. That's uh, it's a lot of playoff appearances for Sean Payton's New Orleans Saints. Mike Esposito here with you. On the score, we are broadcasting live from the score Hyundai Studios, brought to you by your local Hyundai dealers. Bears and Saints kick off at 340. Uh, we will have lots of Bears for you after the game, immediately following our postgame show, post post, and then the Grobber overnights. Right now, though, we head on out to the Alpamani Nissan Hotline, Alpamani Nissan in Melrose Park on North Avenue or at APNissan.com. That's where we find Larry Holder from The Athletic. Hey, Larry, good morning. Morning. How are you? We're great. Uh, we appreciate you jumping on. And I loved uh, your piece yesterday from The Athletic. And uh, uh, we've seen uh, random names pop up in Bears Saints coverage. And I did not expect a Montgomery Burns reference, but I totally get it. <laughs> and I'll let you share with uh, with our listeners uh, where that comes from. Yeah, definitely random, I would say. But, hey, isn't Springfield supposed to be in Illinois? I don't know. You know I know there is one. But, hey, uh, yeah. no, look, it, and it revolves around the Saints getting basically all of their offensive pieces back. Uh, of course, yesterday the news coming that Michael Thomas is off injured reserve, Alvin Kamara is off the, the COVID-19 list, and I pulled a Monty Burns and he wiggled his fingers, and Sean Payton basically saying, excellent, heading into this because – it's really the first time in a long, long time that the Saints have had just about their full complement of pieces. I'd like to say the last time that that really happened was week 10 uh, against the 49ers, and that's the week when Drew Brees went down with the rib injuries. Uh, he's only played 10 quarters with Michael Thomas this year, and we know Alvin Kamara has been a superstar for the offense. Yep. Uh, but, look, it, you know, it's something that, I'm curious to see this offense is starting to get rolling these last couple of games. I know they're against lesser opponents, but still, I think the Saints are a little different maybe in the last few playoffs uh, where I feel like they're actually kind of on an ascension as opposed to like cruise controlling in, into the playoffs. And it got a beat last year in wildcard round. I think the soundbite you played before that, that's Sean Payton trying his best to prevent a flat performance like what happened last year. 
Yeah, and you know what? I mean, I'm actually impressed with what the Saints have done this year because with all of the injuries and with especially with Drew being out, uh, and then you had Taysom Hill doing Taysom Hill things. But I mean, you know, it's it's not the it's not the same look with Drew Brees out. You get a lot of Taysom Hill running the ball. You had a ton of Alvin Kamara running the ball. I mean, uh, you think historically of Drew Brees, Saints, you know, pass the ball like crazy, lots of passing yards, outscoring people, not playing defense. This is not that same Saints team. No, and, and the formula has really changed throughout maybe the last two or three years. Uh, once Alvin Kamara got into the fold, uh, once the defense started improving, they were more about just giving you death by a thousand paper cuts as opposed to this high-flying offense that we've been used to seeing. Does that have part of it to do with Drew Brees aging as a quarterback? There's no question. Uh, you, you know, it's, it's basically like uh, – Clayton Kershaw losing his fastball, and he's got to become a little bit of a different pitcher. I feel like that's what Drew Brees has had to do the last few years. And so, uh, you know, they could still be potent. And I feel like Drew Brees coming off of this rib injury, it's taken him a game or two to kind of get comfortable. He looked really comfortable against Carolina. So, obviously, that's Mm -hmm. a plus for the Saints uh, moving forward because you, you definitely want to be able to mix and match uh, the passing game a little bit more, and a big piece of that is, is going to be Michael Thomas. But, look, defensively, they've definitely improved. I mean, that was been the big hang-up for Drew Brees when the Saints were going 7-9, 7-9, That defense is basically wasting some of his best years. And that defense is now one of the better defenses overall in the NFL. I think they do everything well. They're not extremely great, great at one thing, but I think each level – uh, you can make a case that uh, that some of those players are, are some of the strengths of that unit. Yeah, no doubt. We're talking to Larry Holder of The Athletic. He covers the Saints for The Athletic. Uh, you could follow him on Twitter, at Larry Holder. Uh, and, Larry, as you watch the Bears and what they've done uh, over the last month of the season, they really, I mean, a six-game losing streak, a lot of people uh, in town here thought this was the end of the Ryan Pace and, and Matt Nagy era. Uh, the Bears then rallied and then backed into the playoffs despite losing to the Packers last week when the Cardinals lost. But but what have you seen from the Bears? How do you think uh, they're going to try to go at this New Orleans defense? Well, definitely different than week eight. Uh, and people forget how close that game was. Like you go through and two months ago feels like two years ago, but that game was really close. I mean, the Saints let the Bears back in, obviously different quarterback uh, for the Bears at this point, but. Uh, I mean, the one person that stands out to me is, is David Montgomery. I mean, there's no doubt that the approach has changed and it's worked well for Chicago. And the Saints' run defense, I'd say outside of maybe the last two weeks, there was probably a three-game stretch where it, that wasn't as good as it was because at one point they were the best run defense in the NFL, and then uh, they let the Eagles run loose, and then they've had a couple of tough games. They did a good job slowing down Dalvin Cook. Uh, the run game really wasn't a big thing against Carolina. And so there's no doubt that they're going to be zeroing in on that. And I would look at, uh, you know, there's no Darnell Mooney. I'm, I would assume Marshawn Lattimore sticks on Allen Robinson again. Uh, and the Saints are also getting Marcus Williams back, who's had a very good year at safety. C.J. Gardner-Johnson, who we all remember from the fist fight, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> he, he's returning too. So, uh, so yeah, the Saints are getting full strength there. And, uh, you know, but I do feel like David Montgomery, I know the Saints are going to they're going to play him like he's Alvin Kamara, like defensively. Like they know that he is he is the major piece that can get it going, running or or catching the football. 
Yeah, definitely. Uh, probably not a smart thing to uh, to start punching someone with a football helmet on. I'm going to guess that hurts the hand a little bit. But uh, <laughs> we did see that in the week eight uh, matchup with the, with the Saints and the Bears. I'm waiting for C.J. Gardner-Johnson and, and Javon Wims to slime each other. It's on Nickelodeon. <laughs> we need a slime. Please. Has to happen. That soundbite, we've played that several times this morning, the Sean Payton soundbite. He says he's willing to get slime, but he doesn't necessarily know what that is. So we are, we are here for that. Um, and you mentioned, you mentioned Lattimore and Allen Robinson because that was one thing that kind of stood out to me last week, Larry, is that Robinson only had two catches. They really targeted Mooney. You could tell it was part of their game plan. But, but Allen Robinson's been your best offensive player since he got here, and to have only two catches uh, last week against the Packers – uh, probably not uh, boding well for your chances at victory. I would expect that to be a great matchup today with Lattimore. And, and so you said you expect them to do what uh, what they did last time with him. Yeah, I'd expect them to shadow him for sure. Uh, you know, and uh, they also feel confident in that because the compliment to Lattimore has been uh, Janoris Jenkins. He's had a good season. C.J. Gardner-Johnson, despite his antics, he's been very good in pass coverage too. Uh, so they probably feel confident one-on-one with that matchup. And, uh, look, I, I would expect this, the Bears try to do uh, attack w- through their tight ends. I mean, you know, who else is really left? Uh, uh, I, with, with Mooney out, and you know, you're probably going to be focusing on Montgomery and uh, Jimmy Graham, Cole Komet. Uh, so I, I think uh, those are going to be matchups. You're probably going to look at C.J. Garner-Johnson or Malcolm Jenkins or even Demario Davis. So, uh, but, yeah, I mean, Lattimore is there shadow he's they drafted him to shadow julio jones and mike evans so uh you know they're definitely gonna uh i would i would be i'd be really surprised if he did not shadow Allen robinson today yeah i'm, I'm with you on that uh, i want to ask you when the saints have the ball on offense i mean we've talked about uh, sean payton getting all of his his players back which certainly bodes well for new orleans the other thing that i mean roquan smith has been a Pro Bowl caliber player all season uh, at inside linebacker. We found out last night officially he is out for this game. Uh, We saw Aaron Rodgers take advantage of that immediately almost last week uh, on a long touchdown to to MVS. But uh, how do you think uh, having the absence of Roquan Smith, and and we're still waiting to see does Jalen Johnson play? He's questionable. The, The Bears' other starting corner uh, in addition to Kyle Fuller, will Jalen Johnson play? But you know Roquan's not going to be there, and that is a huge loss for that Bears defense. Yeah, I have to tell Saints fans down here, that would be like losing Demario Davis. And Demario Davis is an all-pro type linebacker. And that I, I know they're going to have to try to take advantage of that, uh, whether it's, uh, you know, Kamara out the backfield or using some of their tight ends. or I, I know that's something that they're going to have. They're going to want to try to, take advantage of and I know good of the player Broquan Smith is when I saw that I said well I like the mm-hmm. Saints matchups across the board anyway uh but not having a Roquan Smith I mean that is almost something like that I don't even know like I said I don't know how the Saints would overcome having Demario Davis out a game so I can't imagine how the Bears are going to react with not having Roquan Smith for this game but let me uh play devil's advocate here. I think everyone across the country is, is pretty comfortable that new Orleans uh, is going to win this game. They're a heavy favorite, but 10 points over the bears, but we saw last night. I mean, and listen, and I jokingly said before, we're going to have people calling to say they want Taylor Heineke as bears next season quarterback uh, after last night's game, just because it's Tom Brady against Taylor Heineke doesn't mean that Tampa Bay automatically wins. This is, you know, that's why they play the games, right? So, uh, 
work me a scenario in your mind as to how the Bears can win this game. What what is their best chance to get to get a victory today? I would say if they if they're able to run Montgomery successfully, and maybe Mitch be able to use his legs, move around a little bit, that to me would be. As long as they hang around, I think nerve, nerves can get in. I mean, I could just tell you last year, the Saints were the biggest wild card favorite in the weekend, and they lost at home with a crowd to Minnesota. So I'm, I don't think Saints fans are in the, in, the, in the market of taking anything for granted today. Uh, you know, maybe they feel good going forward, but I think they're smart enough to know you got to get past this game because we saw what happened last year. And I also think, uh, look, if, say the Bears create a takeaway, I'll, I'll push it to like week four when the Saints played the Lions. They fell behind 14 nothing. Some fluky plays happened. Saints had to storm back uh, to get a win and almost lost that again. Uh, so if, if they're able to get a tip pass off Drew Brees' interception, uh, you know, if, if they get an early lead, I think that can keep them in the game. And so uh, I just think if the Bears – if the Saints even go ahead ten nothing. I I think it. I think the Saints could get into roll mode. But I think create an early takeaway, hold on to the football uh, using Montgomery. And uh, look, I, I think uh, that the Bears would have a chance if they would be able to do that. Yeah, and you, and you know what, we shouldn't lose sight of too. And we we listened to some Drew Brees audio earlier in the show, but and he doesn't want to talk about it. But this might be his last dance. This might be his last run. I don't know if you know or have any suspicions on. Does Drew Brees try to come back again next year? I don't know that Drew Brees himself has decided, but, you know, listen, he, he's certainly not getting any younger in year 19 or whatever it is of his career, and, you know, this could be his last playoff run. My assumption that this is it, that this is going to be it. Uh, and so uh, I, I, I haven't really heard, talked to people who thought anything otherwise, and, you know, I've covered this. I've covered him since 2006. We both started with the Saints. I was with the Saints beat with him <laughs> the first day he got here. So, uh, nice. look, it's, it's been quite a ride. But still, it is it is something that I don't think people want to talk about a lot but just because, you know, I don't think people want to believe it yet. And so mm-hmm. I think that, uh, especially in town. So, But that is definitely a backdrop that the next loss for Drew Brees could be his last. And yep. that's something that I'm sure – if he knows his decision, it could weigh heavily on him. He's one to compartmentalize, and he's one of the best in the business to do that. But still, uh, if if he knows his answer and the answer is retiring, human nature has to have that way in your mind a little bit. Right. Well, and I certainly, as we let you go, Larry, we really appreciate your time. Uh, I certainly hope Saints fans appreciate, you know, since the Bears and Saints last met in the playoffs back in uh, January 2007, I mentioned this before, the Saints have, have had Peyton and Breeze that entire time. The Bears have had four head coaches and 14 starting quarterbacks. So, you know, <laughs> t- tale of two cities uh, in that uh, regard, I guess. Uh, I almost appreciate that just as someone covering them. So they, I, I'd lose track of who's the starter. So uh, but yeah, it has been a, a long ride. And I think even when Drew got hurt and they saw Taysom Hill wasn't exactly this finished product by any means, People were saying, man, I can't wait till Drew comes back. Can't wait till Drew uh-huh. comes back. And, you know, if this is it, there is no more Drew. So what, what happens? So I think people understand the situation. No question here in New Orleans. Well, Bears and Saints uh, kick off a few hours from now. And uh, Larry Holder from The Athletic, we really appreciate your time today.
All right, you got it. Thanks for having me. Thank you. That's Larry Holder. You follow him at Larry Holder on Twitter. He reports for The Athletic, Saints beat reporter. And I loved his piece. Check it out. Uh, It was on The Athletic yesterday. Uh, He says, with the return of all of the Saints offensive pieces, he compares Sean Payton now to Mr. Burns from The Simpsons, you know, twiddling his fingers together and saying, excellent, because he has all of his guys back. And then he ends the piece. He says, it's time for Payson to release the hounds. So some wonderful Simpsons reference there and uh, a great piece on the Saints. So check it out uh, if you would like to uh, read up on it before the game. Uh, We will continue with Bears Saints talk when we return. Chris Emma from 670 The Score staff covers the Bears every day. Chris will join us next as we get ready for Bears and Saints with Mike Esposito here on The Score. Excellent. This is Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com, Chicago Sports Station. I mean, we got nothing to lose. We got nothing to lose. We know everybody's overlooking us. They have the last, the, the back half of the season. So I think we've been just playing with that edge, that chip on our shoulder, and we don't have anything to lose. So we should go out there, play free, but that doesn't mean you're going out there and not doing your job. We got to be locked into the small details of our game plan and, and our job descriptions and, um, and just play hard and, and play with a lot of passion and will. You guys obviously took a lot of chances um, in the game against Green Bay and going for it on fourth down as much as you did. But do you guys have to do that even more in this game against the Saints, take more chances, whether it's on fourth down or just more shots downfield? Yeah, I think we definitely need to open it up a little bit as far as staying aggressive. I like going for it on fourth down. I, th- I think that's just a mindset. But I think more importantly, we got to score touchdowns in the red zone. I agree with you, Mitchell Trubisky. That's the Bears quarterback uh, talking on Zoom earlier this week. The question you heard, uh, our very own Mark Grody talking about uh, taking more chances. But that's Mitch leading up to today's game against the Saints. And he's playing the old nobody believes in us card. Let's see if it works. Heading into uh, a 340 kick today. Bears in New Orleans against the Saints. Time now to head on out to the Alpamani Nissan hotline. Alpamani Nissan is in Melrose Park on North Avenue or at apnissan.com. Our buddy Chris Emma joins us. Uh, you find him on Twitter, xcemma670. Chris covers the Bears uh, like a glove. He is there every day, and Chris joins us now. Hey, Chris, good morning. Espo, what's up, buddy? How are you, my friend? And uh, we have uh, we have lots to, to get into here with Bears and Saints, but first, uh, your thoughts about uh, Mitchell's uh, comments there about Taking more chances. We saw him go for it on fourth down with a lot of success last week and uh, uh, about uh, taking that into the game today against New Orleans. You know, I thought that game last weekend against the Packers swung when it was 21-13 to and Matt Nagy on fourth down and short lined up for a 20-yard field goal. You can't settle for field goals against Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. You can't settle for field goals against Drew Brees, Alvin Kamara, Michael Thomas, and the Saints. You're just not going to win a game when you're the lesser team against a talented offense that can really explode on, frankly, a Bears defense that's been struggling lately. The Bears have to be aggressive. Uh, It starts with taking shots downfield. They didn't do much of that last week. It was a lot of dink and dunk uh, drives that continued to stall. The story of that game last Sunday at Silver Field was going one of five in the red zone. They kicked three field goals with under 30 yards. Uh, They just have to be more aggressive in trying to sustain these drives. If the Bears are to win today, and I think there actually is a path to victory for them, they have to control the clock. They have to grind out these long drives that go six, seven, eight minutes, whatever it takes. 
you do have to take some chances as well. You have to draw that defense in. You have to dare them, you know, just continue to pressure you. And then try to get a one-on-one matchup with an Allen Robinson or an Anthony Miller, whoever it may be. Take some chances with this offense. Chris, I couldn't agree with you more, and I thought the same about the field goals instead of touchdowns. Listen, the first drive capped off with a touchdown. Uh, Certainly, I think the Bears' optimism was flowing at that point. Uh, The answer by Green Bay, and then uh, really as the the game went on, as it's tight like that, I mean, you just kind of felt in the back of your mind that, you know, well, this is Aaron Rodgers, and he operates, uh, you know, like a chess grandmaster as opposed to, I don't want to say Mitch is playing checkers, but he's not playing chess on the same level as as Aaron Rodgers. And you just kind of felt that the Bears had to take advantage of those uh, red zone opportunities. And, and as you write, you hit it. Uh, they did not, and they're going to need to do that today. Um, how do you think their offense changes without, I mean, Darnell Mooney was such a huge part of the game plan last week. He's out. So do we see more Javon Wims? I'm guessing lots more Anthony Miller. What do, what do we see on on offense from the Bears today? I think Anthony Miller's going to be that guy, that new number two receiver, who's going to get a lot of that workload. Look back to last Sunday. The, the Saints are going to try to replicate what the Packers did of taking Allen Robinson out of the game. Just two catches, only a handful of targets for him. And on the other side, it was, it was Darnell Mooney catching 11 passes for 93 yards before leaving with that ankle injury. Anthony Miller's going to get opportunities. And remember, he had that big game against the Saints earlier this season. It kind of inspired confidence of what he could do. I think he's going to get a lot of opportunities in this offense. And, you know, it's not been the kind of season he would want. He's not gotten the kind of workload and kind of got passed up by Darnell Mooney. But the Bears still believe in Anthony Miller, and I think he's going to get a big chance. On the other hand, you have to find ways to get Allen Robinson open. Yeah, it's Marshawn Lattimore. Uh, he's going to be a tough matchup for Allen Robinson. It's going to be one-on-one the entire game for those two. Robinson's got to find ways to get open. And Bill Lazor's got to find ways to get him open and to scheme those, those opportunities. And we mentioned those deep balls before. you got to have Allen Robinson involved with those. Agreed. And only two for 37 last week is is certainly not what you expect from your, your number one. And granted, they did. Uh, get a great game out of Mooney, maybe by design, but I think you certainly have to involve uh, probably your best offensive player, right? So we'll see what they do with Robinson today. Do you think uh, on the defensive side of the ball, we already know Roquan is not going to play. That is a huge, huge hit for the Bears. Do you think Jalen Johnson plays? And then do you think Josh Woods plays, Woods being Roquan's backup? Yeah, so Jalen Johnson, I imagine, will be playing. Uh, He's been kind of ramping up toward this and uh, he's just, you know, I don't think they wanted to uh, make sure his shoulder was okay, given that it's the one that he had surgically repaired this past offseason. I think they probably could have pressed him into action last weekend, if not for the prior history with that right shoulder. But obviously, he feels comfortable now. He's been a limited participant. I think only limited because they wanted to provide the maintenance for him. So I'd look for Jalen Johnson to be out there. Obviously, Buster Scream will not be. And at linebacker, like you mentioned, I'm curious whether it's Josh Woods or Manti Teo. Uh, you know, Woods has obviously been that next man up uh, in terms terms of that inside linebacker spot, and he was the guy who stepped in last week. But Taylor's the veteran. He understands what it takes. He's been on this kind of stage before, and he obviously played with these Saints for three seasons, so he knows what it's like to go up against an Alvin Kamara. I think the Bears' pivotal point of this game defensively is how they match up with Kamara. And, you know, it'd be nice if you had Roquan Smith out there to kind of spy on Kamara and be following him at all times, but they need somebody out there who could really handle Kamara's athleticism. So I think it's probably Woods, but I think you could see Tao too. I'm curious 
how, you know, given the unique circumstances of a practice squad this season, how that's been preparing Teo for this kind of opportunity. And, uh, you know, he's not some undrafted rookie who's kind of stepping into the Phil roster spot. This guy's an accomplished veteran who's been preparing for this kind of chance. So uh, I'm not sure who it's going to be. I'm really fascinated to find out. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see who who gets uh, the nod and who's healthy enough to go. Uh, Staying with the defense, though, I mean, we've seen this. I mean, the first uh, part of the season and certainly going backwards, uh, you know, in 2018, this defense was the reason the Bears were as good as they were. Lots of takeaways, lots of aggressive uh, game-changing plays. Uh, I think we've seen some some serious regression, uh, certainly the back half of this season, the numbers uh, back this up. What difference have you seen with this Bears defense in terms of, of um, I, I mean, the big plays are just not there, but in terms of uh, how they are looking on the field and how they are uh, performing, because the numbers show that this Bears defense has taken a step backwards. You know, Espel, I wrote about it on our 670thescore.com in my tailgater column about the downfall of this defense and specifically what you mentioned, the lack of takeaways, the lack of game-changing plays that we saw all throughout that 2018 season. And I think the microcosm of that is Eddie Jackson, who has zero interceptions on the season. He had two picks last season, first year with Chuck Pugano, and both of those came on late-game heaves where the quarterback had no choice but to throw into traffic. Jackson has not been put in positions to be successful, and also he's not been able to get the benefit of a steady pass rush and steady pressure like we saw in 2018. The Bears are pressuring less than they did last season, and certainly a lot less than they did in 2018. Uh, They're not getting home to the quarterback, and that starts with Pigano. You know, it's got to because he's the one who's dialing up the place. He's the one who's you know, really kind of comfortable just rushing four or five and not getting too exotic with the blitzes the way that Vic Fangio did, and I don't think he's suiting this defense too well. I, I think that seems fairly obvious when you look at the way this defense is not uh, changing a game the way that you used to see. Uh, they get tired out. Obviously, the injuries have caught up to them in many regards as well. And losing a guy like Roquan Smith is going to be a really, really tough void for the Bears to fill defensively. So, uh, look, even if this was an even matchup with talent and with coaching, the Bears still have to win that takeaway battle to win this football game today. And that's a tall task against the Saints. Yeah, and that's really where they've struggled, Chris, with uh, with getting those turnovers. And you can argue, and in fact, I will argue, that Roquan has been their best player this season, regardless of what side of the ball. So missing your best player in a playoff game, uh, going against a Hall of Famer and Drew Brees with Michael Thomas back and with Alvin Kamara off of the COVID list. Um, the optics and certainly the, you know, the, the way things have kind of played out ahead of the game uh, heavily favor New Orleans, but you know anything can happen. Uh, the the Bears do have a chance, as you mentioned. I think it's a, a clock control thing. The other thing, and and uh, as we switch back to offense here, uh, I saw that Matt Nagy said that you know this is in terms of trust, his most uh, confidence and most trust he has had in Mitch since this has started. Now this coming off of it, you know this is some of this could be chalked up as coach speak too, right? But I mean. To have benched a guy several games into the season and now to come back and say you trust him now more than ever. I mean, has Mitch made that kind of a leap uh, to where Matt should should say that? 
I have a hard time taking everything Matt Nagy says seriously when it comes to his praise for Trubisky. And, I mean, look, he spent the last three seasons you know, throwing bouquets at his feet and saying this is his guy, he believes in him. And then you see what happens this year with the benching and then bringing him back because Foles goes down and suddenly you build the right offense around him. The disconnect has been clear since, like, early in the 2019 season. That first game against the Packers where Matt Nagy came out with the kind of offense for the quarterback he thought Trubisky was. Trubisky wasn't operating it well. The disconnect just continued throughout last season and obviously into this season. I, at this point, I don't think Trubisky's back. Uh, I think Nagy is back. Uh, I look, at they found a way to try to make this work. Uh, there's not been any friction in that relationship, but I think also at the same point, Trubisky doesn't have that same kind of belief in Nagy, and I wonder how much belief Nagy really has in Trubisky. I mean, they've not been on the same page, and it's taken a toll on the Bears' offense in a lot of ways. Yeah, and Chris, uh, and not to, you know, I, <laughs> I have not done this the whole show, and I, I hate myself for doing it now, but I have to because it, it was uh, crossing Twitter, Chris Mortensen reporting that Deshaun Watson uh, still looking at trades, and listen, the Bears I don't think have have – anywhere near what it would take to trade for Deshaun Watson, but just kind of gets you back to that draft. I mean, this, this is, could be, this could be the last game we see Mitchell Trubisky in a Bears uniform. Do you think that Mitch in any, I mean, outside of winning this game and making a playoff run, you could then make an argument for Mitch coming back if he is uh, performing at, at a, a high level. Do you think this is the last time we see Mitch in a Bears uniform? I think probably, and I also say this understanding that I think Trubisky is going to get some decent offers on the open market. I mean, look, you look at that market, Dak Prescott's going to be that top guy if he does indeed hit the open market. And then Trubisky's probably second. Uh, you have a number of top-tier quarterbacks in this draft, and then there's obviously a fall-off and uncertainty there. So uh, if your team's seeking a starter, I think Trubisky is probably one of those top choices available. And I wonder if the Bears want to spend that kind of money to bring him back after four seasons of up-and-down play. I think some other team is going to take a shot on him, believing in what he can be within their offense and you know, really kind of committing a, a scheme around him the way that the Bears struggled to do over these four seasons and three with Matt Nagy. So uh, if they lose today, I think it's more than likely the last game for Trubisky. But never say never. Obviously, we need to know. Who's going to be leading the Bears' front office after this season? That's something that's still not quite settled. Uh, there's a lot of questions in play that surround Trubisky and surround the Bears' future at quarterback. But if they're looking to upgrade from Trubisky, I don't think there's a lot of ways to do it this offseason. Yeah, agreed. I mean, and that's <laughs> that's the irony here as we talk about because, right, I think, you know, if you've watched what's happened since Trubisky came to the Bears, you know, kind of even, you know, eliminating the John Fox year because of whatever that was. It's obvious, right? He's not the answer. He may grow into a solid NFL quarterback that you can win a championship with, but he is certainly not that now, at least in my opinion. And it sounds like in your opinion, but maybe he does, maybe he becomes that, you know, chase Daniel guy where he's a, he's a great guy to have around as a backup, but he's just not a guy that you're going to win championships with as a starter. Which, you know, good for him, but that just, you know, again, an indictment on where he was taken in the draft and, you know, how much time the Bears have given here. This is now season four uh, of Mitch starting most of that. But then you, you're you left with Nick Foles and what next year? Because you, you hit it exactly. They're not going to sign Dak Prescott or whoever. I mean, that, that's just not going to happen. So what are the alternatives? 
That's a great question. I, I, I think for starters, they have to draft a quarterback, whether that's, you know, one of those first-round guys or that mid-round, first-round pick the Bears are going to have, or whether that is later in the draft, somebody you want to take a flyer on and second, third round, or maybe even it's day three, they have to have a developmental quarterback. It's something that Ryan Pace has not executed over six years in the front office with just one quarterback drafted being Trubisky. They have to have a young developmental guy. Uh, you mentioned it with Foles. You're, you're stuck with that contract for at least another season, so he'll be back. Um, I don't know. I wish I had a good, clear-cut answer. I, I mean, look, if if the price is right for Trubisky, you probably put an offer out there. But if he's an unrestricted free agent and he's getting good opportunities and offers elsewhere, I don't think he's going to want to come back to the Bears. I mean, it's been a tough road for him. It's been a tough four years. And I think he's kind of ready for that next step. I, I thought his comments were curious this week when he talked about Drew Brees, reflecting on how it took a change in team for Drew Brees to elevate himself with a team that believed in him and the Saints and Sean Payton and everything they have around there in New Orleans. Trubisky referenced that specifically. That sounded to me like a quarterback who's ready for that next team and that next opportunity. I also got that I, I that I focused in on that immediately. I'm like, uh-huh. I'm like, I see I see what Mitch is, is doing here. I mean, he's not doing it overtly where he was being disrespectful, but you could tell where his, his mind was at there. Well, uh, and Chris, as we let you go, uh, a texter from the 309 gives us our answer. Would the Bears go for that dude from Washington? Taylor Heineke. There he is for you. <laughs> That's you know, the answer. I was watching I that last Somebody's going to fall in love with him. Somebody fell in love with that performance sure. last night. Maybe it's Ryan of Pace. Course. Well, <laughs> and, and who knows? We need alternatives here, uh, it appears. And uh, Chris Emma, thanks for your time today, buddy. Take care. Chris Emma at CEmma670 uh, from our staff covers the Bears, writes on 670thescore.com. He is uh, there daily for your Bears coverage for you. And uh, uh, we have one more segment to go here with me, Mike Esposito. Uh, coming up after me, Hub Arkish, Olin Cruz, Patrick Manley, the Bears pregame show, the Bet Rivers Bears pregame show presented by MailMedChicago.com. We'll wrap things up. I've got some Bears playoff history to talk with you next. Uh, we'll get to some of these texts that came in during our chat with Chris Emma as well. It's Mike Esposito right here with you on 670 The Score. This is Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com, Chicago Sports Station. I mean, we got nothing to lose. We got nothing to lose. We know everybody's overlooking us. Um, they have the last, the, the back half of the season. So I think we've been just playing with that edge, that chip on our shoulder, um, and we don't have anything to lose. So we should go out there, play free, but that doesn't mean you're uh, going out there and not doing your job. We got to be locked into the small details of our game plan and, and our job descriptions and um, and just play hard and, and play with a lot of passion and will. And if we do that, I think we'll, we'll give ourselves a good chance. But we got to come in playing smart and, and play disciplined football. But uh, that doesn't mean coming in being uptight. I think go and play free and like we got nothing to lose. Smart and disciplined football is definitely a requirement today. That's Mitchell Trubisky uh, earlier this week talking about uh, what it's going to take to beat the Saints. Mike Esposito here with you. Last segment with me. The rest of your score day looks like this. The Bet Rivers Bears pregame show presented by MailMedChicago.com. Hub Arkish, Olin Krutz, Patrick Manley. The guys are up right after this show. Uh, they will take you to Bulls basketball. The Bulls take on the Clippers today. We will have that for you 
immediately following Bulls, and immediately, I should say, immediately following the Bears-Saints game, flip on the score. We will have your normal post-game coverage with Hub and Crew. We'll have your normal post-post coverage. And the Grobber, of course, overnights leading into Molly and Haas. So we'll have plenty of Bears talk, uh, your normal post-game, after the Bears game, as soon as the game ends, figure around 6.45, 7-ish. Uh, Hub and, and crew will have you there. Uh, while I have the chance, I also want to remind you uh, that the score and Camp One Step have teamed up with Deep Dish Tees to give you a chance to purchase your own score neck gator. You can get them for 20 bucks at 670thescore.com slash masks. 100% of all the proceeds benefit Camp One Step uh, by Children's Oncology Services. To learn more, it's camponestep.org. They're cool masks, cool gators. You got to wear them anyway. Uh, so why not sport a score one? Uh, we would appreciate it, and so would the fine folks at Camp One Step. Uh, plenty of fun texts came in uh, during our last chat with Chris Emma about Bears Saints. Um, Taylor Heineke was a popular uh, topic on them. If you missed the game last night, Taylor Heineke was the uh, guy who started quarterback for Washington. He was out of the league. He was in the XFL for a while. He was actually taking classes at, I think it was Old Dominion uh, University. Um, but anyway, my point is Taylor Heineke had a nice game uh, for the Washington football team. They came close but lost to Tom Brady and the Bucks. But uh, Taylor Heineke popular uh, on our text lines. Um, we also had uh, several calls for Chuck Pagano and Ryan Pace to be gone. Uh, the Pagano thing is interesting because the defense has certainly regressed. They've aged, and I think they've looked their age in terms of uh, big plays. So we'll see what happens there. I mean, your, your Robert Quinn, Khalil Mack combo uh, certainly has not given you the bang for the, the buck that you thought you were going to get this year. I think contract-wise, though, you're locked into that again next year. And if you look at that defense, you will be getting Eddie Goldman back, hopefully, after he opted out for COVID this year. Akeem Hicks will be another year older. Kyle Fuller will be another year older, although still playing at a high level. You know, the the young guns on that defense are getting older. Eddie Jackson is getting another year older. I think uh, Roquan and Bilal Nichols are your only real, like, young guys that are out there starting. Um, So we'll see what they do defensively. We'll also see if Chuck Pagano sticks around. I think... The expectation now is that Matt Nagy sticks around. Does that mean that uh, there's a change maybe on the coordinator side? And uh, does Chuck Pagano wind up not coming back? We'll find out. Does Ryan Pace wind up not coming back? I think that's very unlikely. I think Pace and Nagy are both back. Um, But, you know, we'll see after the season. We'll see how today's game goes. I mean, it's no use speculating. If the Bears win this game where it's an entirely different conversation. Uh, our chat about the the future of the Bears quarterback b- position uh, drew this from the 815. Uh, Pace gave $18 million to Mike Glennon. How much is Mitch worth? Well, you know what's funny? I mean, Mitch, we have watched it up close for four years. His every move has been diagnosed. He's been compared to Mahomes and Watson based on draft and based on draft position in the year they came out. Um, so We've all seen all the highs and all the lows of Mitch Trubisky. But I'm telling you, and Chris and I kind of talked about this at the end of the conversation. There's not a lot out there quarterback-wise. If you're looking for free agent quarterbacks, you know, the Bears traded for Foles in the offseason. 
I know at the time, a lot of people were clamoring for Cam Newton. I think you saw, you know, with, with all of his injuries and injury history, that Cam Newton is not the Cam Newton you remember. We saw that this year in New England. Um, so we'll see. I mean, Mitch is going to get a nice contract somewhere. I don't think it's going to be Chicago. Unless, you know, if if the miracle happens, right, and the Bears make a run in the playoffs here and they start by beating the Saints today, and Mitch all of a sudden is your, your slam dunk, we want him back starting quarterback. I mean, that's one thing. I, I, don't, I don't expect that to be the case, but he's still going to get a nice offer somewhere to be a Chase Daniel-level backup quarterback. At the very worst, right? Maybe he gets uh, a call somewhere to, to have a chance to start. Um, we'll see. We'll see. Chase but Daniels. I, I, yeah, Chase, Chase Daniels. Chase Daniels has made a lot of money being a backup quarterback. So we'll see how, how Mitch does. Um, but whatever this is, this is a crossroads game for the Bears. Because, you know, your entire organization was – was put behind Mitchell Trubisky when he was taken second overall four years ago. And this is, you know, they declined the fifth year option. So this is the end of that one way or the other. You're either going in with him and saying that he's your franchise quarterback for the next four or five years. And you believe in him, which I I would be shocked if that was the case, or you're going to say goodbye to Mitch. I, I don't know that Mitch comes back or would want to come back for anything other than the here's your big money deal. And, and I don't think he's earned that. I think he knows that. I think he knows that the separation is coming, uh, barring some craziness here. Um, but we'll see, we'll see what happens in the off season because the bears Mitch or no Mitch, they're still going to need quarterbacks. Nick Foles is back next year. I don't know how bears fans feel about that, but, uh, this guy here doesn't exactly love Nick Foles as your starting quarterback next year, but, um, I digress. And, and then we'll leave you with this from Peoria, Matt texting in from the three, 309. I said that, uh, Aaron Rodgers was playing chess and Mitch was not playing necessarily playing checkers, but he was not playing the same level of chess in the last segment. Peoria, Matt says Mitch is playing connect Four. So yes, at sometimes in his, in his bears career, he has definitely played uh connect Four while you got too many people talking on TV about us. Yes, they do. Uh, the Tech Zone, I should mention, brought to you by Rosen Hyundai of Algonquin. Save time. Shop online at RosenHyundai.com. I also promised you a, a look back at the last time these two teams met in the playoffs. It was the uh, 2006 NFC title game in January of 2007. Uh, the Bears win that game 39-14. It was the year they went to the Super Bowl with Lovey Smith. It was the year we had... Uh, Virginia McCaskey holding the uh, George Hallis trophy out in the snow there at Soldier Field. A glorious scene. Certainly the the uh, high point of Bears football since the Super Bowl championship back in 1986 uh, with that uh, 85 Bears team. Uh, the Bears uh, blew the game open in the fourth quarter, scoring three touchdowns there. Bernard Berrien, Cedric Benson, and Thomas Jones uh, had your scores that day in the fourth quarter. Uh but it was still Drew Brees, and it was still Sean Payton, the Bears quarterback that day. Yeah, it was Rex Grossman, 11 of 26, 144 yards. Not the greatest today, Rexy. Luckily, the uh, running back tandem of Jones and Benson uh, with the offensive stars that day. Anyway, we're about out of time. Uh, our thanks to Jordan Malley. does a great job at always producing. Thank you, Jordan. Thanks to our guests, Chris Emma from our staff, Larry Holder 
from The Athletic. Uh, Jay Zawoski talking about Corey Crawford and his retirement. And Mark Grody, Bears beat reporter, uh, talking about uh, today's Bears-Saints game. Coming up next, the Bet Rivers Bears pregame show presented by MailMedChicago.com. Hub Arkish, Olin Krutz, and Patrick Manley will have you. They'll get you ready for Bears Saints like nobody else can. Keep it here. Mike Esposito saying goodbye. Thanks very much for listening. 670 The Score. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.